0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on December the 10th, 2019. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, the Masterful Masticator.
1: Uh, the Caffeine Rage, and yes, I do know what that word means.
0: Good job! I don't know why I just did that. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played. Elder Scrolls Legends active Development is ending in the West. A United States congressman pleads guilty to spending campaign funds on Steam games. Rocket League fans aren't thrilled with the item shop and blueprints. We'll have our weekly Community Corner and a Steam Weekly Discovery Queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Good evening, Rage.
1: Uh, good evening.
0: So, right off the bat, I want to say, happy birthday! Oh, uh, well, Technically, thank you.
1: You actually remembered this year.
0: I did! Technically your birthday isn't today, and it's also not the day that this episode is going to go up. It will happen between the recording and the release, but I'm going to go ahead and say happy birthday.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: I'm not going to sing, though.
1: Thank you. That, that's the best gift of <laughs> all.
0: That's, that's your birthday present. And I'm not gonna sing to you. No, I have your birthday present along with your Christmas goodies. Uh, yeah. uh, should I be ready? scared? No, it's good. I think you'll like it. I mean, you'll definitely like the Christmas goodies, and I think you're gonna like what I got you Uh-oh. for your birthday. It's 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 just simple. It's something simple. But yeah, I
1: was just I, going to stick with steam for you this year because I did go out all out last year.
0: You have to admit that you one. did. <laughs> you did. But um, I should be able to get that stuff boxed up and ready to go tomorrow, so it won't show up on your actual birthday, but it's 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 for both.
1: Okay, Uh, just let me know for the tracking number, because I'm going to have to pick it up at the post
0: office if you're sending it to my post office box. Yeah, I'm going to send it to whatever address Katie kept for you in her little book.
1: Well, you're, if it's the PO box, you're going to have to tell me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I'll give you the tracking information. Okay, whenever we do ship it out. But yeah,
1: well, thank you very much.
0: You are very welcome. And And I'm also a little and
1: I'm also a little scared.
0: (laughs) It's just a simple present. I think you'll love it. Plus, you have your Christmas goodies, so and and I know you like those.
1: Mm -hmm. The only problem is now I'm gonna have to share
0: them. Uh, well, which,
1: which of course I will.
0: Yes, they they were made with us or by us with love, and I'll I'll go through everything. Well, no, do you want to be surprised completely, or do you want me to tell you the goodies? Because I'll have uh, to inventory them. Uh, I don't surprising,
1: surprising will be fun.
0: Okay, uh, yeah. as long as it's
1: uh uh yeah packed well, so it's not shattered.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think anything in there will break, and if it crumbles a little bit. I mean, that'll that'll be okay. It'll still taste delicious. Uh,
1: I'll I'll just get some ice cream.
0: There you go, perfect solution. Um. So yes, there there is that. How are you? Otherwise,
1: I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, I had a little bit of a sore throat uh, a couple of days ago. So I was a little worried I was uh, coming down with something, but. Uh, I guess it was just a random, you know, just a little bit of a blah. But outside of that, doing all right. Uh, played a couple of games. Uh, been do- uh, to- uh doing some my like game club stuff.
0: Nice. I also played a couple of games. One of those games we each played together at the same time.
1: Yeah, and we may have even helped one another. We
0: may have. We may have. Are we just going to jump a, to that? In a cooperative fashion, we can.
1: Yeah, sure. Let's shake it up.
0: All right. So, the <laughs> the first game we'll talk about this week, both of us played. We played Halo Reach. Uh, the Master Chief Collection is live on PC, and on PC, the only game they have ready currently is Reach. Um, Yeah, they're
1: treating it like an episodic game, which, you know, in a way, if you look at an entire series that's interconnected, it can be. Yeah. Uh, Um, And they're releasing them as they're ready instead of just doing a massive drop, and they're going
0: chronologically? Yeah.
1: So it'll be reached in the rest of the series in numerical order.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they're because technically, if they go full chronological, it'll be Reach, Halo 1, Halo 2, ODST, then Halo 3. But they might do Halo 1, 2, 3, then ODST.
1: I'm assuming there's a major reason for that, but uh, uh, that's probably getting into more spoiler territory.
0: It's just how things take place in the timeline. Um, Like Mm -hmm. Halo ODST was like an expansion or uh, like a big DLC for Halo 3. That was like its entire separate campaign. And it was the game that introduced the firefight mode or fire team mode. Which is like a horde mode. Um, for Halo. But storyline wise it takes place between Halo 2 and Halo 3. So. I, I don't know how they're going to do that. But I mean it's fine. It's not like it's. the It's kind of its own contained story. That's got some sort of bonus lore for other aspects but I mean it doesn't directly connect to Halo 2 or 3 aside from some events that you're like okay that was in this game and you know then it's it's gone off and we're still here and that was kind of neat yeah that was kind of neat that was cool
1: I see what you did there
0: yeah so um yeah we played the first four missions of the campaign 12 Uh, missions
1: yeah so uh a about a quarter of it. You mean a third. A third, yeah. Math uh, is not my strong suit right now. Yeah, getting old, getting th- old.
0: We played about a third of it in the course of about two and a half hours or so. Yeah. Um, the campaign takes, if I remember correctly, about ten hours to beat. So that tracks that some of the later levels, if I remember right, are longer. Like the level we're about to start. Um, is very long, unless it's actually broken up into two. And I don't just don't remember that. But I, I I can't. I mean, I've played through many times the game, so there's a lot of stuff I'm not gonna say because I don't want to. Sp- obviously, I don't want to spoil the story because you were mm-hmm. getting into the story, which makes me happy. Um, yeah, it
1: was actually kind of interesting. But then again, it's also more front loaded on the story. The original Halo, which was the only other one I've ever played, it kind of just. Throws you in and doesn't really explain anything or what the hell. And yeah. it just did not grab me at all. This, I think it's also the fact that, at least in the first game, the, uh, it's John, right? Uh, yeah. The Spartan you're playing. Yep. He's Blanding McBlaniton. I mean, I mean, he is room, tem- uh, room temperature water. He is bland. He is boring. He's nothing. He has no substance. Uh, Cortana uh, tries to play off of him, but honestly, she—I just found her annoying after a while. So yeah, and, and the fact that your character in this actually has a bit of backstory, has uh, some personality. They're telling you don't go Ramboing, essentially. Uh, yeah, uh, and and hinting at a you know a more. Spectacular past instead of just telling you, okay, this is the Spartan. He was awesome. He's uh, uh, he's a human popsicle right now.
0: Yeah, thinking about the game design at the time, because the original Halo released in 01 or 02, something like that.
1: Yeah, it's probably just the fact that I didn't play it in the day. And going back to it at, with modern game design, it doesn't hold up nearly as well because yeah, I don't also, have the nostalgic goggles.
0: Was... Yeah. That was around the time too that like the silent first person protagonist was I I feel like pretty big cuz that was right after um the first half-life and uh not right after but fairly close after uh Doom and um you know I don't remember the older Doom games giving Doom guy a voice and Quake the older Quakes Well well the um, thing
1: is that Doom guy they give him personality through other ways, especially the more modern dooms. Because, yeah. you know, you see him punch a, you know, a mod mm. or, or, you know, just, uh, in the teasers for, uh, Doom Eternal, uh, you see him just, t- you know, casually, uh, grab a, a scientist and just gingerly pull him along and, you know, swipe the key card and walk through the door.
0: Yeah, but think about you know the the doom of the '90s is because yeah. I mean you know the original Halo, like I said, came out in '01. Yeah, or 02. but the
1: thing is that Doom didn't try to sell itself on its story or lore in the original or even the uh, sequel, as far as I could recall. It had a story to explain what was going on, but the main emphasis wasn't. Oh my God, look at all this awesome lore and story! It's there's demons here. You need to kill them. You need to kill them all uh, uh, right now. Now go grab that chainsaw and jam it up that demon's
2: ass.
1: (laughs) So it's not really a fair comparison because you're comparing two very different styles of game. Now, Halo is a lot more story-focused, but doesn't really try to give you anything to build off of. Or at least, I, I should say... The original one, looking back at it without all the history, all the nostalgia, just, you know, random uh, uh, guy looking back, uh, what was it, Uh, almost 20 years when I played it?
0: Yeah. It's hard for me, too, to talk about it, because not only do I have the entire history of the series, but I've read all the books and seen all of the short films and animated stuff and the, the one... Movie that they made that's set in the Halo universe. Uh, so a lot of that first game, where you're talking about like bland, you know, lack of personality. My brain's going, well, but he's got personality. But then I have to go. Well, am I remembering something from the book and in the convoluting game? It he does doesn't game? really. He, he's yeah.
1: He's a very monotone. Very you know, we're, we're, I'm a very badass guy, and that's it.
0: Yeah, so. Yeah, it's it's hard for me because I have so much sort of crossover from the entire series and lore, but I think Reach is probably one of the best games from a storytelling perspective. Reach kind of sets the tone for what all of the Halo games since have done, um, with how they handle their story, even with the Master Chief, and Halo 5 in particular introduced a ton of characters, um... And, and it's built from several other characters that have previously been in the series. And, I mean, you haven't met any of them yet, except for the Master Chief, but it brings in a lot of the other Spartans from the books and copies their personalities, and then one team is made up of a group that you meet throughout the, the rest of the other games. Um And one of those people is Nathan Fillion. He's the best. It's Buck, of course he Nathan is. Fillion. So, um... But yeah, Halo Reach, the the way that it did its story, was was copied a little bit by Halo 4 and then taken a lot farther with Halo 5. Um, Halo 3 is pretty good in the storytelling department. 2 is better than 1. Um, I'm having a hard time separating again with 2, like which what stuff comes from the book versus what comes from the original release versus what comes from the re-release. It has a lot of added stuff to it. So, Yeah, I think
1: it'll also be a lot more interesting with a co-op partner, because going through it alone was just dull. It was boring. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm looking forward to playing through all of these with you. And there's a large amount of stuff that I have forgotten, because, I mean, it's been 10 years or so since I played Halo Reach. It came out originally in, I think, 2009, 2008 or 2009, Um, and I played it pretty heavily sort of its release year. And then not really much more after that. So, uh, there's stuff that I'm going, I can't remember if this was in the game then or if this has been added or what, but I've forgotten chunks of the story. So I remember all the overarching stuff, but like as we go through the missions, I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. That's cool. There is some stuff coming up though that I'm excited to play through with you. And, and as long as we, the next time we play, we're definitely gonna get some of it, and we'll probably get all of it because it's kind of in the middle third of the game. There's some some stuff that I'm excited to play through with you. Uh, How do you feel uh, ab- ominous? <laughs> How do you feel about the uh, like armor abilities and things like that?
1: I actually kind of like them. Only problem is that uh, because you're the host, I'm getting a little bit of lag, so it's I'm trying to compensate for that, and uh, sometimes. Hit the button and in between, a da, and that's a little annoying.
0: Yeah, that would that would really suck. Hopefully they fix that asap. Oh no, that's
1: then- uh, that's that netcode kind of thing. That's not going to get fixed. Okay, uh, that's how just how the game is. I have to compensate for that, and because I'm- you have a schizophrenic connection. Sometimes it's going to be a lot worse than others. And on those days, I will refuse to play Halo.
0: Well, what we can do is if between, I guess, maybe game releases or whatever, we can swap. Because I'm since I'm the one who started it, and especially since you didn't get any campaign progression through some kind of bug or glitch or something.
1: Basically, what happened was I had a Windows process that wasn't uh, turned on. And it was not sending telemetry. So... I found the bug. I fixed the bug. Uh, So I should get progression now? Maybe?
0: Hopefully. Um, But we can alternate hosting. That way you don't have to deal with the lag all the time, because that's not fair.
1: Well, also it depends on how my computer handles some of these uh, releases because, remember, older computer CPU not nearly as good plus, you know, having that damn uh, thermal throttling whenever my your CPU goes full tilt for too long.
0: Yeah. One of the biggest issues I have with it is its lack of, of graphic options on PC. I mean, you get a couple of definite necessities, like you get um, an FOV slider, which is very important um, because this game is really punched in on console, obviously. Uh, so pulling the FOV back out and not working properly. And then you get sort of three generic options. You get like a... Um, I think they call them minimum, or no, improved performance, something maybe legacy. Basically, it's one of them makes it look exactly like how it looks on the console. One of them is like a reduced graphical option for performance, and then the other one is like max graphic settings. Which I honestly can't tell too much of a difference between the standard and the max one. the The most obvious thing is is um, the uh, detail pop in yeah. is basically non-existent on the the maxed-out graphics setting. Yeah, which is can... what I
1: went with because of the pop in.
0: Yeah, but otherwise, I couldn't really tell any differences in textures and things. And maybe it's just because I don't have a high enough resolution monitor. I only play at 1080p, and the and the maximum setting it outputs at 4k. Um, at least, based on what I was reading from reviews. But, I mean, that's, like, it for the options. There's, you know, like, I mean, control settings and stuff, but thankfully this game doesn't have motion blur. Uh, they just yanked it out completely for the PC release. Um, yeah,
1: and something else that's kind of nice is that, by default, uh, mouse precision is not turned on, and enhanced mouse uh, movement is not turned on. So no mouse acceleration, no smoothing, no nothing. Raw input.
0: Yeah, as it should I did, be. Yeah, I had to mess with the sensitivity a little bit, um, to to kind of dial in so it actually matched what I typically have my mouse set at. But yeah, no. But that's that's that typical
1: for pretty much any shooter, to be honest.
0: Yeah. So once I got that dialed in, it was good.
1: Yeah, Um, I I toyed around with the field of view a little bit. I toyed around with uh, mouse sensitivity. And that was about it. And it does run fairly well. I am getting the audio bug where there's some hitching and it's muffled. And it seems to be that's on a case-by-case basis.
0: I have muffled gun sounds, but the rest of my audio sounds perfectly fine as far as I can tell.
1: Yeah, well, I also have the audio turned down way low uh, with subtitles turned on because, you know, uh, Co op, so you know, need voice chat. Yeah, so uh, it's not that big a deal, but if you turn down music all the way, uh, it turns down in the uh, cutscenes as well. And there's no sound effects in uh, the cutscenes for the most part. So you have, you know, uh, 30 pumas, or oh, sorry, Woodhawks, uh <laughs> driving along si- uh, in perfect silence.
0: Yeah, and you can't hear the polka music. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I have to say playing a because because I've never played uh, Halo CE on PC, and I've never played Halo Two on PC. So I, aside from that one Halo free to play multiplayer thing that was brought over from Russia and like modded and all that jazz. I've never played Halo on PC before, and I gotta say, this is so much better. I'm actually a little bit worried about playing Halo 1, 2, and 3, Mm -hmm. because Halo Reach, like I said, was the first one, or, well, Halo Reach was the first one that introduced armor abilities, and the first one you could sprint in. And Halo Classic is slow. They had to slow the gameplay way down for console. And I, you know, I never noticed at the time because I was a console player and then I started playing PC and I've gone back to playing, you know, occasionally a console game or something. It's like, oh, so God, it makes a lot more so sense slow. why the
1: hell I hated it, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm a, I'm a little worried about going back and playing those other games from just sort of a, that aspect of it. But I mean, using, you know, keyboard and mouse controls is way better than using a controller to play. So the, the campaign experience in some ways is easier. And in some ways, is a little more difficult. And I, I think I'm just part of it. I'm just slower. I'm not as good at first-person shooters as I used to be. And the other is it's like occasionally, like I'll put, I'll, I'll hit the wrong button for something, and it's like I, the muscle memory is different, um, especially because the the game the first the FPS I've played most on PC is probably Call of Duty. Uh, oh, which one is the one of the Call of Duties? Black, Black, Ops. Ops. Black Ops is the game, the, the FPS I've played most on PC. And the controls, the default control scheme is way different than the one for Halo. So I kept pressing the wrong buttons and then I went and I configured it a little bit. But there's a couple of buttons that can't be changed in the control scheme. Um, like V, I think is for push to talk and it wouldn't let me rebind V. And that was what, uh, I used for. Melee in Call of Duty. So I had to... like I, Occasionally I would hit the wrong button to do something. It got me killed. I'm sure I'll build up the muscle memory that I need to. Um, and that's more of a temporary thing. But for the most part, it's better and easier to play. I'm just slower and not as good at shooters anymore. Getting old. I am. I'm getting old. It's okay. Eyes. Battletech with like seven... 600, 600 hours on it.
1: I well, have you to don't fast exactly to play
0: that. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to be fast for
1: BattleTech. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah. And I did see that. Uh, it's like, oh, um, uh, MechWarrior Five is out. I, when did that go? Oh,
0: epic. Okay, it's it'll be epic, out, yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be out next year. Next year, yep.
1: By then they'll uh, maybe fix all the problems.
0: Yeah, and have all of the the mechs in it. Till then, I'll keep playing BattleTech. Still have a lot of content to explore on that DLC, Uh, or the last DLC.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about grabbing some of the DLC during the Winter
0: Sale. But I'm glad that you like Halo Reach. (laughs) Hopefully, uh, us together, as a team, we can get through Halo 1 without too much of an issue. And as long as my nostalgia memory isn't like ruining what i think about halo 2 like isn't clouding that too much i think you like halo 2 better because halo 2 added a lot of stuff mo- most the, and most of it has carried forward into the rest of the games like being able to board vehicles and dual wielding which they took du- dual wielding out which is sad but dual wielding weapons and sped up a lot of things you get better storytelling the master chief gets a little bit more personality in the second game not not as much as as The Spartans in Reach, not as much as Noble Six, which is your character in Reach, but he starts to get more personality and things like that. So the game overall is just a solid improvement on the first one. So I think as long as we can get through Halo 1 together, Halo Two shouldn't be like we should be fine from that point on.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know. Getting through the through the hump, right?
0: Yeah. And I think we can. I mean, you know, we can rush through it as as fast as you want. I mean, I'm not... I can... I still remember everything in particular about Halo 1. Because that was, I mean, the one I started with and played a gazillion times before Halo 2 came out. So, I still know a lot of secrets and shortcuts and things. And I've played through Halo 1 since a couple of times. Because I have the Master Chief Collection on Xbox. Um... I probably have, I think, no, I think you still had to buy Reach. I don't know if it was added to the console version. But, so I've played through them with uh, one of my sister-in-laws, or sisters-in-law? One of my in-laws I've played through Halo 1, 2, and 3 with within the last couple of years. So those are a lot more recent in terms of just playing through them. But yeah, I'm glad you like it.
1: Yeah. So moving on to something that I was kind of lukewarm about.
0: Yeah. You can talk about your.
1: So, uh, let's talk about my friend Pedro.
0: I didn't know you had a friend named Pedro. Hey.
1: Yes. He's a talking banana and uh, <laughs> he's kind of a letdown. Uh, actually, Aww. I'm not joking. Uh, my friend Pedro is a combination platformer, 2D shooter puzzle game. About a guy going on a murderous rampage, egged on by a talking, sentient banana named Pedro. Okay. Uh, it's essentially Deadpool 2D shooter puzzle game. And it starts off strong. It starts off really strong, actually. It has one of the better kind of power fancy uh, uh, moments going through of tacking uh tackling this massive horde of enemies and uh just slaughtering everyone uh, kicking thing uh kicking a basketball into someone's face and uh, then shooting them as they uh, flinch uh, diving around diving through a uh, window uh uh guns blazing shooting people uh just outright murder uh, they call it a murderous ballet and i fully agree uh but things start to turn sour on world 2 right it's the game isn't terribly long it's uh i would say 5 or 6 hours ballpark
0: mm-hmm. but the
1: thing is that level 2 they start to introduce puzzles all right and okay as a 2D shooter it's actually very strong the problem is that it's not exactly a great platformer it's very floaty it's very sluggish Uh, it relies a lot on some questionable jumping at times and when you start adding a lot of puzzles that have insta death uh, states or jumping puzzles that are very, very precise, and if you fail, you just have to go back to the checkpoint. It loses its pace very quickly. And looking at the reviews for this game, it seems the further you go, the more they lean on puzzles and platforming gameplay to get away from all the uh, interesting gun paddles. Uh, there was actually the first boss. It uh, reminded me of a uh, bit actually of uh, Final Fantasy 7's uh, 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 highway scene where you're driving the motorcycle. You're on a motorcycle and it shakes up the 2D plane so it adds a 2.5D uh, element, uh, well two, almost 3D element where you're going through and uh, fighting off uh, waves of uh, cars until this the local butcher shows up uh, that you've been trying to kill. To try to take you out. Uh, but then they start leaning on puzzles. And jumping elements. And it just kills all momentum the game had. And it's really disappointing. Because all the gameplay I've seen of this. Has been that first world. As soon as they got past that. It felt like they are starting to try to push it more and more to the puzzle. Uh. Uh, platformer genre, and it just doesn't fit that well. It's not that good a puzzle platformer. And I have to say, I'm really disappointed. I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. And I, all, I thought... <laughs> no, oh, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I thought it looked really interesting from the E3 trailers and, and whatnot. Um, well, it's on Game I Pass heard, now. Yeah, I have heard people talk about though, issues with it. Um, just some of the weird ways that it handles sometimes with platforming or gun, gun control when you're trying to do like 14 things at once.
1: Yeah, there's a weapon wheel, but the weapon wheel's absolute terrible. It's shit. It's the worst weapon wheel I've seen in a video game. There, uh, it tells you, okay, hold down Q and then, uh, uh, um, uh, circle around your character but the thing is that often you're way off uh, aiming somewhere else so the weapon wheel is useless so you have to try to remember which button everything's on and for some reason they have it where single shot or, or single weapon and dual wield are two different things so it's eating up even more room on the weapon wheel than it needs to so mm. yeah you can quick swap but it's uh, have to remember okay uh, in practically every video game ever, if you have multiple weapon slots, pistol defaults to one. All right? Pretty much a universal rule. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, in this game, you'd want to use dual pistols pretty much all the time, which is two. But muscle memory keeps pointing me to one in that single pistol, and that gets me killed. <laughs> and the game is very fast. It does have a bullet time slow-mo thing going that seems to recharge as you kill enemies and dodge around and uh, dodge bullets but it's just uh, there's a lot on screen and it is one of those games that does lend itself to being score attacked which it you know has the systems in it to do so but outside that first world I just don't have the drive anymore it kind of just falls off for me which is mm, right
0: yeah I might check it out since it's on Game Pass, but I've got several other Game Pass games that I'm wanting to check out before I would get to my friend Pedro, so we'll see. Yeah. But I do love, and I mean, we've both said this before, I do love games being on Game Pass. Like, like yeah, I'll check that out. Why not?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was interested in this game, and I wanted to try it out anyway, but the thing is that uh, it just kind of fell flat after that first world, which would have still been in the realm of a refund on Steam, but I don't think it's worth 20 bucks. Yeah. Which is a shame because up until that point, it was fun. But it just, you know, I saw it quickly, quickly uh, falling off for me, and to the point
0: that yeah. Mm. Gotcha. So the other game that I played this week. Well, are you done before I? Yeah, I'm
1: pretty much done. It does have a pretty badass soundtrack, and uh, it is funny at times, but eh, it's just kind of cringy as well. It really depends on how the execution goes because uh, the start to the second world. I'll go ahead and spoil that. You go through a bounty hunter party, and they talk, and Pedro is talking about, "Well, it's a good thing you don't have a uh, uh, bounty on your head." Care to guess what happens shortly thereafter?
0: You get a bounty on your head.
1: Uh biggest bounty of the year. And nice. everybody's after you.
0: So uh, That's go like that sounds like the end of John Wick 2. Uh spoilers. Actually that's literally the end of John Wick 2. So yeah, spoilers. Spoiler alert <clears throat> for John Wick 2.
1: Well, let's be honest, we don't watch John Wick for the story anyway, right?
0: No, watch it for the crazy gunfights and Keanu Reeves murder of people. Yeah, I still need to watch John Wick 2, actually, to uh, go into 3. Yeah, I haven't seen 3.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I mean, uh, honestly, I didn't really follow the story all that well on the first one, outside of, you know, sad, uh, you know, John Wick's sad, and he gets a puppy, he's happy, puppy gets murdered, and he's sad again, now he's on a murderous rampage.
0: Yeah. Killed his dog, stole his car, Uh, he gets revenge uh, and kills every single last fucking one of them.
1: Yeah, and then he uh, steals a puppy.
0: uh, Just randomly. Yeah, then he gets a new dog and a new car. (laughs) The end.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much much the story of uh, John Wick, isn't it?
0: That is literally the story of John Wick. And then you fill in all the gaps with, holy fucking shit, that's the coolest gunfight I've ever seen very good. John Wick 2 has, has a lot more story but also a lot more cool gunfights. It 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 does very well. I mean I it's, it's
1: I mean it's just some matrix uh, level shit. Yeah, of how it, over the top
0: but, it is at times. But better because it's also in a lot of ways very realistic.
1: That's why like I the said matrix. almost over the top.
0: Yeah, okay. So, very very cool. Very cool stuff. Um, welcome to the the Keanu Reeves portion of the podcast. Whoa, whoa. Um, I, and and I did like the Easter egg when everybody I was saying "Oh." <laughs> 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 oh. So, yeah. the uh, The only other game I played this week, though, is Skyrim. I'm not going to talk very much about Skyrim. Thank you. If you want to know all about it, you can go listen to our game club episode from like two years ago or something like that, where we did Skyrim for game club. Um, I have recently, I've talked about it on the show a couple of times, recently started playing a D and D campaign, uh, with some, a local group here in, in town. And being, I'm, I'm much more of a, of a sci-fi guy. I've said that many, many, many times. But actually being involved in something that's more fantasy based, I wanted to play a very easy to slide into low rules, low commitment fantasy game. And Skyrim pretty much fits that bill perfectly. Um, so I jumped, you know, I, I started playing it again, added some mods, not as many as I have in the past. So I'm starting a little slow on that. Um, but I'm playing it in, in a way that I haven't ever really played before. Just kind of aimless. Because in the past when I played Skyrim, it's like, oh, I'm going to do this build. Or I'm going to do the story. Or I'm going to level up. Or I'm going to check out the DLC. And this time I'm just like, I'm going to fuck around. <laughs> and it's it's actually great. I got far enough in the story to get the, the shouts. So I could have Fusroda and I could launch people off of cliffs. Because that's fun. But other than that, I'm just ignoring the story, and I'm really ignoring a lot of stuff and just wandering around the countryside, ripping the wings off of of butterflies, and shooting bears in the ass with my crossbow, and it's great.
1: Uh, Are you looking for somebody to deliver the bear asses to?
0: (laughs) I found the person to deliver the bear asses to, actually. (laughs) There might be more than one quest, but there is a quest to deliver ten bear pelts to a lady. But I'm not really using fast travel. I'm I'm fast-traveling, like, back to my house and then, like, maybe to, like, a major town to use as, like, a, a starting point to go somewhere. But I'm just like, I'm just gonna go explore over here. And I'll fast-travel to the nearest town and then I'll go explore until my inventory's full. And then I'll fast-travel back to town and then repeat. And it's very relaxing. And I'll understand why, sometimes, why people will play Skyrim for thousands of hours and not really do much of anything. Because it's just, like, running around... Ripping butterfly wings off, shooting bears in the ass. Good time. I've just been listening to podcasts. I don't know how much I, I played this weekend.
1: See, that would be a Truck for me.
0: Yeah. How much did I play? Maybe six hours this weekend? In total?
1: Yeah, see, that's about the amount of time I put into uh, my time at Portia.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be playing that, like I said, well, I've told you, but I haven't like said this anywhere officially, I don't think. I'm going to be playing My Time Portia Hardcore this weekend. Um, It's probably yeah. the only serious time I'm going to get to put into it. I mean, I'll I'll meet, be sure and play it more, unless I'm just like, fuck this game, I hate it. But I don't think I will, based on listening to you talk about it.
1: Yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it, especially since it has a lot larger mining focus than it does uh, fishing.
0: Yay, mining!
1: Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I I think you'll find it interesting.
0: Yeah. My, I was still trying to look up how much I actually played Skyrim. I don't see it here, though. I guess I could just go to my games page. It says on there. Do, 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 do. Uh, no, it doesn't say here. Well, fuck it, I am i don't care enough to keep looking. About six hours is, is close enough. So yeah, those are the games that I played this week.
1: So, talk- moving on to the news?
0: Indeed! From one Elder Scrolls thing to another, the Elder Scrolls Legends active development is ending in the West. Yeah, so kinda... th-
1: yeah, this is kind of more your topic, because uh, I don't know much about it, so go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, kind of sad. Um, I played and enjoyed the Elder Scrolls Legends. In case anyone doesn't know, it's a uh, collectible card game, um, styled very much uh, like Hearthstone. Um, and it does a, a mix of a couple of things that I like. It's got... Uh, multiple lanes that you have to manage. Um, most of the time, two. There's a few that there have that you have to do three. But the thing that I liked the most about it is that it had a storyline. Um, where whereas Hearthstone does have the little things that they started adding, sort of the the seasonal type campaign things that were maybe like four or five missions, and you got like a a set deck of cards. Elder Scrolls Legends had probably a 20-ish uh, mission storyline that went through the beats of a typical Elder Scrolls game. Like you start off as like a random person and you get enthralled into this adventure and you become the hero. And um, it, it hits a lot of these sort of Elder Scrolls beats with uh, Oblivion coming up in there somewhere and... Um, some Daedra, and, you know, uh, an emperor pops up. Uh, a um,
1: question, a question real quick. At what point of yeah. the story do I get bored and start just installing mods?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know, probably pretty early on. Um, there's an arena fight, and it's just, you know, I mean, it is all done through a card game, but... I just, I liked the Elder Scrolls theme. I liked that it was, it did a couple of things different, but it didn't go too crazy. Because um, there was, what was the, uh, the Valve card game that fell apart? Artifact. Uh, Artifact. Artifact had based, I've never played Artifact, but based on watching some stuff and then what I heard about it, it also did the lane thing, but it had too many lanes to manage all the time. There's just too much going on. It was hard to keep up with. With this, it stays concentrated, like I said, to two or sometimes three lanes. Well, I think um, part
1: of the problem for Artifact was that its pacing was off, and it was split up between three separate tables, so it was easy to lose track of what the hell. Yeah, but it's I, this is kind of indicative of if you're not at least having some. Uh, shared dna with hearthstone you're struggling because let, let's stop and think about this okay so we have this uh stopping development in the west it's still active in the east uh, or in let's face it china asia uh we have faria uh having to go pay to play and Honestly, it's player base absolutely suffering for, or at least on PC because of it. I do know that it went on Game Pass the last few days. I'm and I'm not. Well, they also they canceled all plans for a mobile title because originally they had a crossplay between mobile and PC. Uh, another one I can think of off the top of my head: RuneScape actually had a card game for a while that. Kind of fell flat pretty quickly. Yeah, the Runescape. There's a name that but you haven't heard in a while.
0: Yep. Although I think they haven't are releasing a mobile version uh, of the original or uh, of Runescape.
1: Well, this is Chronicle Runescape out. Legends. It played uh, very differently, and it was almost race race ish, while. Have to uh, play cards against one another, like setting up traps or putting up monsters, that sort of thing. Uh, It's very interesting. Total Biscuit actually did a video on it uh, pretty late in his life, actually. So there's that. Um, uh, We just had noticed that Gwent is uh, also stopping uh, uh, development on consoles because it's just not popular enough to keep going there. And they're trying to focus more on their more popular player base. So, yeah, it just seems like any card game that isn't at least somewhat Hearthstone-esque is struggling. And maybe it's just a case of being too different from the big uh, CCG in the uh, room. Because that's what kind of draws everybody in, is that one particular CCG and all these other ones are just trying to be too different. Yeah. Just a random thought uh, that I've been... uh, Kind of uh, cooking on for a while because it's just there's a lot of CCGs out there actually, but just none of them really has taken off. And it seems like the ones that are tried to be too different have just struggled. But if you just copy Hearthstone, you know, you're not differentiating yourself at all. So I mean, I'm just looking at some of the other ones, like Spellweaver. Uh, it's a does that even still have a player base anymore? I played that for a while. I don't know. Uh, it's more about to the Gathering Esque, which you know, was actually a plus for it. But I think there's not much of a player base anymore. Or if they are, if there is, there's uh, mostly on mobile.
0: The thing that I liked most about Elder Scrolls is like I said that the campaign. That that's the thing, like I don't really like to play these games too much multiplayer, because you run into so many people that are just playing ladder essentially. You run into the same decks all the time. I hate playing the meta. I hate it. Like I just I just like to play, I like to build interesting decks or find something that's kinda silly and have fun with it. And just running up against the same meta decks all the time gets old fast. So having a good storyline to go play um, or or other stuff to do not necessarily just the storyline because the arena stuff can be fun and then uh, Hearthstone had like the daily or the weekly whatever it was the, uh, the tavern, tavern Brawl, brawl
1: which uh, a lot of them started to go more uh, build your own deck and if you don't have these particular cards you're screwed which uh, for a while that's the only reason why I even kept uh, Hearthstone installed even on my phone was just to toy on with the Tavern Brawl but, yeah, I think there has to be some game out there that, you know, kind of has to break away from meta decks. But the problem is that, yeah, you know, uh, how are you going to do that without it just being completely random? Yeah. It's true. Because think about it. Hearthstone, you usually have one or two relevant decks for each class. And if you're not playing those, you know, you're pretty boned. And it just gets, I stopped playing Hearthstone whenever I ran into four Murloc Warlocks in a row. Four of them. And it was just, yo, this this isn't fun anymore, I'm done. Because the counter to them, I did not have the legendaries for, and I was unwilling to drop $200 per expansion in order to have even close to a complete set of uh, of the different cards. And it seems like Blizzard is just put, uh, pushing more and more expansions now and yeah, it's just I have zero interest.
0: Yeah, once they did that thing that it was like what was it? Legacy and unlimited and all of that. Or wild. I was like yeah, I was like fuck it. I I mean, I don't have enough money to keep up with all of this and I don't want to play exclusively in the Whatever it was, the wild playlist, or
1: yeah, because they made it where essentially if you had no cards in the last couple of expansions, you had nothing in the in your collection anymore to play on ranked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just uh Blizzard does some very very strange moves. I mean, they had a somewhat popular uh, uh Moba title that they just you know decided, eh, we don't need this. And just yeah. uh, pulled the plug on it pretty much out the out from under everyone. And even uh, the people that were invited to BlizzCon to play that game.
0: Uh, what was it? Heroes of the Storm? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just, there's a lot of uh, very odd things that Blizzard does. And that's uh, not even touching their political issues. Or, yeah, like schizophrenic political issues because they'll Want to be political in their storylines, but the moment their players get political, oh, got it. piece of China.
0: Can't yep. Can't have those politics now. We games aren't political. My games don't have politics in them. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, blizzard, yeah. right?
0: Indeed, I may mean, I not really have much else to say specifically on the topic. I'm sad to see it stop being in development. That means it'll hang on for a little while. While well, there's still enough players putting money into it, but eventually they'll kill it.
1: Yep, pretty much. Uh, part which of me is... Wants to, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, part of me wants to reinstall it and see if they added any new story content. Or, Well, no, that's not true. I know they did play through the new story content, but I, just, I probably can't be bothered.
1: Yeah, and th- this is part of the reason why I just have trouble really latching on, especially uh, to CCG... Uh, free-to-play games. I mean, I'll occasionally put money into a free-to-play game. I mean, hell, Warframe is the biggest example of that. I put a, uh, I think 20 bucks into it over the course of my playtime. But also, yeah. it's like in the top five of my most played games. At least on Steam. Because that doesn't count uh, MMOs, thankfully. Uh, but at the same time, CCGs are more dependent on uh, microtransactions and the problem is that uh, they can pull the plug at any time and you're out of all that money. And it's just eh, right. It just yeah. it puts me off I'm, uh, wanting to dive into it.
0: Yeah, I've spent money on a few free to play games. I don't see it quite as much as of a loss. Like, if I'm actively playing it and enjoying it, I don't mind to put some money into it. And, you know, when in, when I'm done playing, I'm done playing it's just like any other game I spend money on. But, I mean, I'm not by any means, like, wealthy or anything. But we do have different sort of financial uh, yeah, stuff. What's the right way to say that? We have different income levels, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or different, you know. I'm more of a tightwad. <laughs> sure. That's maybe the fastest, easiest way to say it. So, you know, it, it doesn't bother me as much. Because if I'm enjoying it, I'm willing to spend money on it. Even if I stop playing it the next day, you know, I felt I was enjoying it enough to put money into it. Thankfully, I'm not and this isn't like me excusing this type of shit. We rail against this all the time. But thankfully, I don't fall too much into the psychological traps that developers set. Um, one, I can spot them easily a mile away. I'm kind of a special exception on that with my profession and my background, but two, I also thankfully don't have much of an addictive personality. So it's easy for me to walk away from something. If I feel like it's becoming more of an issue. Um, and I don't just dump money into things all the time. And that's, uh, I guess a blessing or I'm fortunate to have that. And it allows me to do that. But I know that, I, that that's not the norm for a lot of people. So.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is that, oh uh, it, especially free-to-play, just feels so damn scummy these days, just because of how much they push and push and push the psychological tricks. Yeah. And and I understand, you know, game developers have to make money. They have to, you know, they have to survive, but at the same time uh, they hate to leave money on the table, so they have to do all the money they have to get everything they have to milk
0: everything and it just oh right yeah they're they're greedy and it gets old
1: yeah i mean well we have a perfect example of that coming up but first let's go political what do you say unless you have something
0: more to say on this no, I don't have anything else to say on that, so let's get political. So, the United States congressman pleads guilty to spending <laughs> campaign funds on Steam games.
1: Yeah, this is more of a fluff piece, to be perfectly honest, but it was kind of funny, but also very sad. Now, the Steam games are, like, yeah, out of the list of stands that this guy's pulled, yeah, way, 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 way down the list, because he spent a lot of money on other shit but he spent according to this uh one thousand five i on am i pulling the right uh, number here one
0: thousand three hundred hundred. All right, it says spending over one thousand three hundred dollars worth of campaign funds
1: well so. uh well uh this was uh sorry uh uh, he spent uh, 19 dollars uh in campaign funds at Steam Games to pay for video game charges. This was one of 82 separate occasions throughout 2015 that uh, Hunters did so, racking up a total bill of $1,528 paid out of campaign funds. Which is okay. a no-no in the United States, by the way.
0: Yeah, big no-no.
1: Uh, you're not supposed to use it for personal shit.
0: Yep and there's a lot of personal stuff you can write off as campaign or i guess work related sort of less specifically there's a lot of personal stuff you can write off as work related but uh, video games unless you work for a video game company or yeah, like I, would video, say, an independent I would game say, game uh,
1: or i would say i would say teachers for teacher aid
0: yeah but for a politician video yeah. games are not that's that's personal
1: yeah, you know, and he spent stuff for, he remodeled his house, I believe, he, uh video games, Lego sets, Play-Doh, and various other things, uh, well, while their family was otherwise deeply in debt. <laughs> I mean, uh the party of uh, fiscal responsibility, huh?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so fiscally responsible. I mean, if I had access to that kind of money, well, okay. If if it was if I had that kind of money, sure I'd spend all kinds of money on shit. Just because, if it was someone else's money, I wouldn't.
1: Yeah, but, but see, you're more ethical.
0: Plus, also, true. I don't I, think
1: sneakers would rank that high up on your list to be a, a line item thing.
0: No, I, I, I never. Think of the I, last I, time I bought a pair of shoes.
1: I, okay, I kind of. I don't get the sneaker heads. I do not understand it. Hell, I don't understand collecting uh, all the shoes in the world for either gender, to be perfectly honest, but uh, sneakers especially so, because
0: you know, sneakers are kind of ugly, honestly. Yeah. I I understand it from the perspective of, like, someone likes to collect something, and they see something in it that other people don't. I get that part, but personally, yeah, they're just fucking shoes.
1: I mean, I understand... Get ones
0: that are uh, comfortable. I mean, I understand or,
1: having a few sh- uh, pairs of shoes, you know, like uh, sneakers for uh, running or athletics, uh, you know, loafers, that sort of thing, but uh, uh, collecting sneakers to the point that, you know, it's a line item here, or buying them, I guess I should say. It's just... Damn, right? Also, part of me wants to research what games were on sale March 16th, 2015, to see if we can figure out which game he spent 20
0: bucks on. <laughs> Because that would be hilarious. Okay. March, 2015 or 2016,
1: 2000 uh, March. Uh, no, I got to find it on here again. Uh, March 16th, 2015.
0: Oh, that'll be hard to actually pin down some specifics. Yeah,
1: I mean, um, I wonder if anybody's talked about you know, his Steam account and so we could go find this thing. Yo, find the game list, right? <laughs>
0: Video games released in March 2016.
1: Well, I don't imagine it would be a recent release unless it was an indie title at $20. Bucks. Uh, this is something we should put Kyle on. You know, He likes to hunt down things.
0: Fair. Kyle, figure out what game this politician most likely bought.
1: Or find his Steam account so we could uh, yeah look at his uh, choice in games.
0: Yeah, that works too. It's your homework, Kyle. Get on that. We love you. Uh,
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, plus yeah he he needs something to do since he rolled the truck you know and concussed himself
0: it's always good to have hobbies (laughs) but yeah you know misappropriating $1300 or or $1500 for video games not the worst thing in the world especially compared to the other things that he misappropriated funds for but it's just like I uh, mean this is a video game podcast as well so Uh, I mean,
1: mean, there is a 47-page legal document here talking about uh, his charges. Let's see. Basically, Uh, he's a big old uh, piece of shit. I just uh, just scrolled uh, through. uh, Beer, wine, alcohol, and groceries for themselves and their family and friends at various stores, including more than $9,000 spent at Vaughn's, Albert's, Hagen, and Manor, uh, so... Uh, three, uh, 3,300, uh, spent in and out, uh, Carl's Jr., Jack in a Box, Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, La Salsa, Pizza Hut, Rubio's, Domino's, uh, Windsor, Windsor Sentinel, uh, Panda How Express. Is this man
0: Not Dead. <laughs> uh, <just from laughs> Kentucky that. Fried
1: Chicken and, uh, Mercedes Frozen Yogurt. So it's the frozen yogurt.
0: <laughs> God. I mean, I'm like, you know, I, I like a good bit of fast food here and there as a little treat. But even before I was horribly diseased, I didn't eat fast food all that much because it's so fucking bad for you. It was more of a treat or as like a, you know. Well, well, it, the, well this is also gotta, I gotta, gotta think do a this. family thing as well.
1: So, but damn, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm scrolling through uh, just... Let's see. What's some other uh, interesting ones? Um, bu- bu- bu. Let's see. On or about uh, January 22nd uh, to t- uh, to the 25th, 2010 in Reno, Nevada. So this is not just 2015. It spans back a bit further. You spent $351 in campaign funds at Alma Rent-A-Car. <laughs> uh. Uh, he spent uh, another thousand on a ski trip. I mean, this just uh, goes on and on and on. And the thing is, he documented it enough <laughs> that they could go back to the cent, right? Yeah, because he intended to pay it back. So that
0: makes it legal with taxpayer money.
1: Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to find some other uh, interesting ones or some big ticket items. It's a lot of little stuff. Let's see. Uh, on our about uh, November 6, 2010 in San Diego, California, Margaret Hunter, which is, I believe, wife, spent $704 in campaign funds at the Old Globe Theater for seven adult and five children's tickets to the play How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> There's irony. huh? <laughs>
0: Indeed. <laughs> oh. Uh,
1: let's see. Uh, one thousand nine hundred twelve dollars and sixty six cents. Uh, for a birthday gift for a family member to attend a Pittsburgh Steelers game. That's a hell of a lot of money, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for interesting things. I'm not finding interesting things.
1: Uh. Are you on the uh, CNN list?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, On or about December twenty second, after the treasurer again warned uh, the hunters that campaign funds may not be used for leisure (laughs) ongoing, uh, ever leisure outing, even if campaign business is occasionally discussed. Margaret Hunter uh, told the treasurer that she refused to provide the names of individuals she already took out for meals with campaign funds because that's silly. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and it is his wife, by the way. (laughs) Oh, We're just having fun with this now, aren't we? Yes. Um... Spent ninety dollars uh, in campaign funds to play golf at Cotton World, uh, Cottonwood Golf Club, uh, and that Duncan Hunter, which I am assuming son, or maybe that's the maybe that's his, is that his first name? No, no, that's his first name. Sorry. Uh, uh, uh let's see. Ninety. Uh, he spent a total of eight hundred eighty-one dollars in campaign funds for greens fees, food, and drinks while golfing with family. <laughs> I thought
0: that's 800 and almost $900 to play golf uh, uh, and hang out with your family.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of 24 session, uh, occasions between 2010 and 2016 that he did it. Uh, so 24 uh,
0: times uh, for $881. That's actually not bad overall, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, still still Mar-
1: still legal. Still illegal.
0: <laughs> On about March twentieth, twenty fifteen, Margaret Hunter told Duncan Hunter that he could not access any funds until the next day using his personal card. Instead, she counseled him to withdraw up to a hundred dollars in petty cash using his work card. She reminded him we used to do petty cash all the time with the former treasurer. It was great.
1: Uh God. let's see. On or about September fifth, two thousand eleven, in uh, California, he spent three hundred ninety-nine dollars and six cents at Best Buy to purchase a uh, a Nikon Coolpix a digital camera plus battery and SD card, which he used to photograph his upcoming family vacation to uh, to Idaho and other events. To conceal and discuss and discuss this illegal transaction, he falsely informed his treasurer that the charge was for ink, paper, and computer software. <laughs> That's a hell of a lot of ink. That's like, what, two, uh, maybe three uh, cartridges?
0: Yes. Ink is also stupid expensive.
1: I get off-brand. Uh, my printer actually accepts it.
0: So, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit.
1: I oh, 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 oh one no, one. no, no, I got one. I got one. I got one. Okay. All right, on our, last one. On our about September 16th of, uh, uh, to 19th, 2011, in Boise, Ooh. Idaho. So, I'm guessing this is during the... Uh, uh, vacation and elsewhere the hunters spent an additional $640 and five cents in campaign funds uh, for a family vacation centered around the family members pers- participation and a dance competition <laughs> and, right. uh, and then they spent another 432 uh for another family vacation uh, for, dance, uh, for the dance competition and it's popping up quite a few times actually <laughs> So somebody likes to dance.
0: Maybe it's one of their kids. Dancing. (laughs) Uh,
1: They spent uh, $3,700 in campaign funds for a family vacation which the hunters ran uh, the Marine Corps Marathon 10k course and took their family to a fall festival. He then falsely uh, informed the treasurer that the charges associated with the trip were all campaign and Margaret Hunter... Added that they were doing a trip to D.C. Meals, mostly. (laughs) I mean, she's just as bad as he is, if not worst. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, They spent $11,375 at Costco. What did they buy? uh, the, The
0: damn thing? They bought a lot of toilet paper. They're stocking up for the zombie apocalypse.
1: Well, they bought groceries of household items, toiletries, there you go. cosmetics, medicine, and vitamins, clothing, pet supplies and video games. Oh, there's more video games. <laughs> uh gift basket items for basket donations. <laughs> oh, I'm having too much fun just going through this. We, we should stop.
0: We should indeed. But and that's move silly. On to another thing. Our next, or our final news topic for the night, Rocket League fans aren't thrilled with the item shop and blueprints.
1: Talk about outrageous pricing. So, yeah.
0: Pieces of shit. <laughs> uh, you went
1: back and looked at it?
0: I lo- went back and looked at what? Oh, uh, the
1: prices. Because... Oh. Whew. So, for those who haven't followed Rocket League in a while... Uh, they added loot boxes eventually. And uh, with all the heat that loot boxes have gotten, thanks EA. Uh, actually, thank you for that one because, yeah, starting to see uh, companies shy away from it. Rocket League announced that they were changing their pricing, their uh, microtransaction model to a more traditional mobile-esque model. Well, it's happened. And... Mm, did they yeah, stuck to a more mobile-esque model, as in LudoScreen overpriced. Uh, it's using the typical buy and buy package of currency. And they have a rotating store, but also whenever you're playing, instead of crates now, you get blueprints that you can pay in the currency to unlock. And uh items that used to be a chance to get for a single key now are twenty five thirty dollars for a single item i mean it's absolutely nuts yeah, and it seems like they just you know went through and looked at all the trading prices and added like two zeros to all the costs because there's nobody I found that uh, agreed with the pricing on this game. There's multiple items that are cost more than the game itself.
0: Yeah. It's like, um, was it Apex that had like that special thing that if you wanted to get all of the content, it was like a hundred and something dollars?
1: Well, there's a couple, uh, uh, games that's done that where. Uh, you get a lifetime pass, but honestly, it rarely seems worth it because uh, those games t- uh, tend to fall uh, apart. As a matter of fact, uh, shoot! I'm blanking on the damn game. It was the uh, uh, isometric fighter. Like, uh, talk for a bit while I look it up.
0: Okie dokie. So it's we were talking about greed earlier, kind of how the mighty have fallen because Rocket League was and i suppose the gameplay is still great i mean we haven't played rocket league in a while but it was always a or originally a good game that was came out and didn't give in to all of the bullshit you could just they had some dlc you could buy but otherwise it was fine and it's just been getting worse and worse and worse over the years i know that at least jim sterling has said that he uh if he could go back, he wouldn't give it one of the awards that he did because of how the game has turned out with all of its microtransaction bullshit and the direction that it's been heading. Um, yeah. I just can't... Cosmetics are cool. I get it. But Rocket League, there's so much cool stuff in Rocket League with just people who are skilled and can pull off some cool trick shots and some awesome moves. I just can't imagine you know, spending that much money and or that much time to get that stuff. But I mean, cosmetics do matter to people just because it's not something that particularly draws me in, doesn't mean that, you know, other people are dumb for that. And these games pry on people's psychological desires to have cool stuff, to have shiny stuff that hit a dopamine that comes from getting a cool thing. Games like this prey on people. With those feelings and that, um, whenever that comes up,
1: Aha, It was Battle Right. I was looking for that one. Uh, Battle I Right. Don't uh, remember Battle went, right at all. Uh, it it was a Boba esque game where it kind of cut to a team fight situation where it was a isometric uh, fighter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Only think of think of it as essentially a uh, cutting out about. 40 minutes of boring gameplay and getting to the three or four big team fights in like a League of Legends game. Hmm. Uh, well, they decided, you know, we're not getting enough money on this. Let's chase the battle royale uh, dragon. And as far as I know, it's falling on its face. They decided to make it a completely separate game. So yeah, it took me a while to find it because yeah, Battle Royale isn't doing well, and I'm pretty sure their mo or sorry their battle royale isn't doing well either. Which yeah, it's you know, but I've seen a few games do this. Um, Dirty Bomb also did it where you know, you bought in and you got all the characters and I think a good chunk of the cosmetics as well. Uh, But it seems like all the games are, you know, doing the buy-in, just are falling left and right. I'm not sure if it's just, they're not getting enough sustained money and they're just getting front-ended or if it's just, you know, coincidence. But yeah, it's just,
0: Yeah. That's one thing that's definitely hard to say for certain, Um, you know, the sort of the buy-in games. I suspect that they don't, get the sustained income for one reason or another that the other games do but I, I mean I do comes. know
1: like- uh, Smite has a buy in as well it it actually is doing fairly well I mean it's not League of Legends but it's a comfortable second mm-hmm. so that that is one good example of it working right but yeah it's just whew.
0: so do you think that you'll ever play Rocket League again
1: uh, probably not, unless I'm brought in on a community game night, because it's it just, I, I loaded it up, I looked at the prices, uh looked at what I got, and, yeah, I started to do a little bit of math and thought, yeah, it's just, uh, this kind of took a, a lot of the incentive out, because, yeah, part of the incentive was, you know, that random Element of getting a cosmetic every so often, you know, that little bit of dopamine, you know, like you were talking about. You know, yeah, that little bit of reward because Rocket League can be an incredibly frustrating game and getting that little bit of oomph from just, yep you know, Okay, the game was a tough one. Uh, yeah, we got a terrible, terrible, terrible matchup, but hey, at least I got something shiny at the end. Now it's I got most of the free cosmetics. Uh, they have the battle pass, which let's be perfectly honest. The battle pass system that they have is just, you know, exploitative as hell because, uh, the paid one, you know, you get something every level, the free one, you get a couple things early on. And then they start spacing out, spacing out, spacing out until the point where, you know, if you're not playing 24 seven rocket league, you're not going to get that anyway, because the, the buy in one, uh, it goes up a lot faster. So, yeah, it just feels like it lost all of its incentive to me, plus the fact that, you know, I'm so far behind on the skills level that it just... It's already not really how I was to want to play. And this just, yeah, you know, lose a bad taste in my mouth.
0: Yeah. Maybe if, if somebody or enough people requested it, we'd play it again, but... It's been a while, and we always struggle to get even teams. And... I mean, even
1: with our group, because uh, I would say you're the best. I'm probably second. Even though where both of us are rusty, it's probably about even right now. You are a lot better in the air. I was a lot better on the ground. I think that's uh, fair to say, right?
0: Yeah. There was one other person who was really good. I think it was Phil.
1: Yeah, which, where the hell is Phil gone?
0: Uh, He plays Star Wars RPG with us every week. Every-ish week. I don't know how much Phil... Phil, how much did you engage previously? Let me know. Write in. Bueller? (laughs) Bueller? Nice.
1: But, yeah, it's just... it, It... Kind of just turned me off from uh, wanting to play Rocket League at this point just because, oh, that's scummy as hell. Yeah. I mean, I realized that, you know, you don't have to get the cosmetics. For the most part, the cosmetics were just that cosmetic. Now, there's some speculation that some of the cars, they weren't completely cosmetic. And because the different cars had different hit boxes, it also meant that certain cars would benefit a lot better from certain people's playstyles. So in that case, it's not entirely cosmetic. And also while they did this, they also pulled all the DLC from the game uh, from the uh, store. So now you could only buy in their store. hmm and you could only buy it piecemeal now before you could you know like get the flying DeLorean or you know or Batman or get a uh, the old rocket uh, or the old uh, rocket cars i believe it was uh models but now you have to buy it piecemeal so that yeah, you know, that leaves even worse taste in my mouth Yeah, you know the, the first one was yeah uh, you know, bad enough now it's just uh, pure coconut and i hate coconut
0: yeah, I also dislike coconut. Good call.
1: Yeah, uh, Rocket League—they've
0: gone coconut. Indeed. All right. Are you ready to move on to our probably pretty be- brief community corner this week?
1: Uh, yeah, I am.
0: So, for community corner, did we have any letters, emails, voicemails? I didn't see tweets? any.
1: I'll go double check. Uh, I didn't see any emails and you're obviously losing your connection enough that you didn't hear me say that the first time.
0: That I didn't hear you say anything.
1: Well, you were also probably at the time.
0: I'm all in the green. All on the line. Zero percent packet loss.
1: Uh zero packet loss and I'm green as well, so. Well, I'm i I'm just gonna say you you went deaf.
0: That's possible as well. So, nothing in that front for community night. I forgot, I was reminded very kindly by my wife that I had volunteered to go to a Christmas party thingy.
1: Been volunteered. Uh,
0: Yeah, so I went to that last night and I assume that nobody else did anything.
1: I didn't even bother showing up because mm, pretty much nobody does if you're not there.
0: You are so, the life of the party. I wasn't. I wasn't last night. I mean, it was. We had. There was good food, but it was a bunch of people I I didn't know very well. I kind of knew some of them, but there were also plenty of college kids that I didn't know. And then I don't. I don't know what the game is called, but the game where it's like everybody takes like a thing and sticks it to their head, and you're a character and you have to figure out who you are. But like, I won that game. Cause I stuck mine on my head and they were like, Oh, it fits you perfectly. And my first guess was Santa Claus. My second guess was Scrooge and I was Scrooge.
1: (laughs) Ah, humbug.
0: Yes. So that was, uh, that was that. And I was out of the game and I went and ate cookies
1: and chugged insulin.
0: I, yep. You got that right, buddy. No, no,
1: no, 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 you had, you had a cup of insulin and you're dunking the cookie into the insulin. Yeah. Because I know how you are with milk. Use insulin.
0: <laughs> yeah. I had, I had spaghetti and cookies. It was delicious, but I paid for it, but it's okay. I'm still alive. So that was that.
1: Unless, right, uh, well, how do you feel about brains?
0: How do I feel about brains? Yes. They're alright.
1: Mm. Not sure if zombie. I'm just gonna stay away.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Probably a smart move around me. Just stay away. Oh uh... oh no, Craig. Fuck you, Craig. <laughs> Come back. Whoa,
1: I went into the red there as well. <laughs>
0: Well, let's let's try and bring him back for a minute. But we're at the. Are you Craig? Craig you left are you? us. <laughs> you left us. Now you're back.
1: Well, to be fair, you did say it's probably best to stay far away. That is very true. And Craig is a uh, you know a robotic uh robot of action, so
0: yeah. He is indeed. But, Rage, where can they get in touch with us if they want to send us things?
1: Well, you could send an email, vglpodcast at gmail.com, or just tweet us, vglpodcast, on the Twitter. So, Discovery Q?
0: In doobly-doo.
1: And as per usual, well, I had it pulled up, but I got something immediately. How about uh, your favorite game in the whole wide world, since you talked about mine? Yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, well, does it tie into the
0: story of the first one?
1: Because if so, uh, that's... Yes,
0: it's a prequel to the first one. Okay,
1: so it does make sense then. Uh, if you can, Since you can't play the first one on PC. I, you know, you don't really need it for the story. But yeah, it'll be interesting once they get around to fixing it. Maybe. But also, this is Rockstar, so you know, they're just going to milk the multiplayer for as much money as humanly possible. And at least at launch, uh, the uh, game wouldn't launch if you had a controller <laughs> plugged in. <laughs> because, of course, right? Of course. So that's Rockstar for you. I mean, if they could, if you could get mods to fix all the issues that Jared had with it, then maybe... It could be an interesting ride. But how about I make a a, a different recommendation? Call of a Gunslinger instead. Sure, it's not as serious, it's not as grim, but damn, is it fun. Go play that.
0: Yeah. And my issues with Red Dead Redemption too. I think it was Jim who asked me, like, why do you think that this stuff is a waste of time, but you play all of these other games that a lot of people think are a waste of time? And I mean, it's purely subjective, I mean, it genuinely is. It's purely subjective. I just thought that all of the stuff in Red Dead 2 was just faffing about and wasting time. Like, if I want to play a Western game, I want to spend the entire game doing Western stuff. Not looking at a horse's butthole and inspecting playing cards.
1: Yeah, but uh, the butthole contracts whenever it's cold weather.
0: Cool. You know... But if, I mean, if you like, or if you don't care about that stuff as much as me, if it doesn't bother you as much, then absolutely, you enjoy it. Jim was right when he he asked me that question, because it's totally subjective. I just don't give a shit about that. I'd rather play a sci-fi thing where I look at, like, an alien butthole for 46 hours. So, yeah. And speaking of a sci-fi thing, I don't know if there's alien buttholes in this or not, but... Uh, Everreach Project Eden, um, looks like a third-person RPG game, they are talking about things like Mass Effect and old-school Bioware games in the description, so it's got mixed reviews, but them's tempting words right there, um, but yeah, it looks like a third-person shooter, RPG shooter game.
1: Well, I got something for Square Enix once again. Dragon Quest Builders 2. I wasn't aware there was a first one. An ARPG uh, Minecraft-esque... Basically, Minecraft plus Dragon Quest. Although, I'm not sure how heavy they are on the story. I mean, it looks like there's a story going on, but...
0: Very heavy. I haven't played it, but I've heard... Um, it discussed on a gaming podcast that I listened to, it's very story-heavy. The first one, I believe, is only available on Switch or 3DS, um, and then the sequel is being made available on other platforms.
1: And they do have a full-on sandbox mode if you want to, you know, get your Minecraft on without, you know, getting Minecraft. So, next up.
0: Uh, got another. I'm I'm copying a link right now. It's another one of these mechanic thingy simulators. There's the link. Biker Garage Mechanic Simulator. It honestly doesn't look super great. Um, there's a huge string of these that have been releasing over the last several months for planes and trains and automobiles and now we have bikes. Uh, well,
1: are, are there any other John Candy movies involved?
0: <laughs> Not at this time. Stay tuned for more details at 11. I guess technically it's three minutes till 11 as we record this. But I mean, you know... Oh, and there's also PC Building Simulator. Yeah, but that actually uh,
1: has a point. Uh, PC PC Building Simulator? Yeah, PC Building Simulator actually uh, allows you to test uh, different graphics... Or different component combinations and build the cooling of your PC. Uh, and actually test out airflow and that sort of thing. It actually has a point. It's not just a goofball thing. What, you didn't know about You didn't know that?
0: I mean, I'd heard some of that stuff talked about, but then I also hear people say, like, why you can just do all of that on PC Part Picker and with, like, some draft paper.
1: True. I think it's more for people that are wanting to do some serious hardcore uh, uh, cooling on their rigs. You know, test out different fans and that sort of thing without having to you know, you know, you know, actually do it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, your simulator, anything you want to say about it? Because I got some interesting Not really. Not really. Well, Go for it. Well, I got Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD. So uh, have we had Super Monkey Ball on PC? I don't think we have.
0: Not uh, that I know. Short of, of
1: emulators. So I was a little bit uh, surprised to actually see this pop up before, uh, but yeah, I, now I got it in discovery queue. It's a physics based uh, puzzle platformer where you're a monkey with giant ears trapped in a in a hamster ball, and it's sort of like the old uh, wooden mazes where you have to where the entire world tilts and it's physics based. Only there's rings involved, you have to grab bananas, and it's actually, uh, what I played of it, quite a bit of fun. It's just, yep, you know, uh, a console port, so there you go, right? It's still a bit expensive, though, but, eh. I mean, if you want your monkeys, uh, with their balls,
0: right? There you go. So, I got Swarms, or Z, depending on how you want to look that It's a zombie horde sort of strategy survival type game. Um, It's not quite a tower defense, but it seems similar. You place down barriers and uh, units or, well, people to defend a baby from the zombie horde. You have to strategically place them to survive as long as as long as possible, or to defeat the zombie wave. The like the biggest thing on here is like Swarm Z relies on an ultra high performance, custom made crowd rendering system, allowing you to experience one hundred thousand plus zombies on screen, which sounds pretty neat. But I mean, also like okay, but I mean it's now, the, now if
1: that was baby Yoda, my girlfriend'd be all over it.
0: <laughs> the um. The thing that really drew me the most into it though is like they say that it's got some comedy in it and it lists like having a bunch of silly units. Looking at the screenshots, I don't know what's supposed to be silly about any of these. Oh, uh, the fact that I... you paid for it. Perhaps then famous post-apocalyptic locations inspired by the greatest zombie movies and TV shows of all time. That sounds all right too. It's 5 bucks. I don't I don't know. This is impulse buy territory for me. Although if I can get a free key from somewhere, I would play <laughs> it with a free key. But anyways, yeah, there's there's that. I thought it was interesting enough to warrant a mention.
1: Well, I got Door in the Woods. This game is a venture into an alternate timeline in which graphics and sensible game design were never invented. This is a very traditional roguelike. Uh, where it's an open world roguelike inspired by Lovecraftian mythos, so there you go, right? <laughs> I mean, it- that's either going to sell you on this or turn you away. One of the two. And this is very roguelike. With some 3D-esque elements to it as well. It's not completely, you know, uh, ASCII characters because there's some depth to it to give it a little bit more feel to it. But it's it, it has this kind of odd uh, feel that I kind of like, actually. It's yeah, a, it's sort of like if Dwarf Fortress added uh, the 3D element to its actual gameplay instead of just adding Z la- layers. Pretty neat. I like it. No, the question is how does it play, but it's yep, yeah, in the really uh, impulse bot territory anyway, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. This one and oh my god, I can't type. Called Endless RPG is more of a at first glance, more of a curiosity-type thing for me. It looks like it's um, a randomly generated open-world RPG that doesn't really have a story. You just create a party of heroes and go adventuring, and the world is simulated and grows around you, uh, it's go- with like, cities and towns growing larger. It's uh, so basically actions, rogue- like uh,
1: roguelike without the proper roguelike things going on with it.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: Does it, um, that's what it, a lot of it is—is is, uh, random generation and uh, surviving.
0: Yeah, it looks interesting, I, but I don't know if it looks good. If that makes sense, like graphically, it's not it's not really all that exciting. But like the gameplay idea is intriguing. I would—I would buy this for a couple of bucks to, to check it out.
1: Well, uh, it must be the diet of. Uh, Minecraft-esque games. goes, I got Cube World. Cube? uh, I found your world. Uh, Cube World is a voxel-based action RPG with a focus on exploration. It takes place in a procedurally generated fantasy world made up entirely of cubes. So, I heard a bit about this. This was actually kind of famous for being in development hell or development limbo whenever the developer just kind of gave up on it for a while, but it looks like he did finally finish it but there's a lot of uh negative votes on just saying that it doesn't really hold up it's not worth the 20 bucks and it's more of a focus on expiration so yeah it's hard to tell just how much there is on actual gameplay so there you go i just got biker garage so i'm gonna skip that
0: well this game is just porn I kind of want to put it, but I'm not going to link to a porn game in the show notes just to be on the safe side. Uh, the game is called Cockwork Industries. I thought it was Clockwork, and the screenshot has got like some cogs and gears together, uh, so I'm thinking like, oh, Clockwork Industries, what is this, like a, some kind of um, visual novel or something? But no, it's a porn game. Straight up breasts exposed for our pleasure, and penises, on the screenshots. So, there you go. Well, I got an odd one.
1: Doryaman, Story of Seasons, essentially Harvest Moon plus anime character. Uh, Japan's uh, uh, adored Doryaman meets Story of Seasons in this new, fresh take on farming now on Steam. The setting is nature, and the theme is creating bonds. While doing so, enjoy heartwarming interactions uh, throughout each character in the story. So, it looks like it's a more story-focused uh, Harvest Moon game. Which, Harvest Moon in Japan is called Story of Seasons. So, uh, it's kind of a surprise to see this. I didn't know about this, actually. And I'm not from overly familiar with uh, the Doriamon franchise. Uh, Outside, I know it's popular. I've seen the character pop up every so often. It's a, a giant blue cat. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really familiar with you know, what the character is like. But uh, it has this kind of interesting, like, frame uh, around the uh, uh, screenshots and, uh, and a filter over all the uh, gameplay that looks like it's. A hand-drawn... It reminds me very much of Valkyria Chronicles, actually. With how they handled uh, their cutscenes. It has like a hand-drawn feel to it, almost. Or animated feel. So, uh... Another Harvest Moon-esque game. Or I guess now Stardew Valley-esque game, because... Yeah, that's
0: kind of taken over on PC. So, I got... Boneworks, which I've seen some stuff on, like, Reddit about here recently. It's, uh, tagged as an Experimental Physics VR Adventure, but it looks like... Hmm, sort of a mix of, like, got some portal-like puzzle stuff in there, but also got, like, a Half-Life vibe going on. But it's, a, like, a full-blown VR game with all kinds of crazy, like looking stuff I don't this game kind of scares me in the sense of like if I tried to play this I'm pretty sure I would get motion sick and throw up everywhere cause it looks like it's using actual movement and your character can run and jump around he's got like these little suction cup things and in the the trailer like at one point he, he like kicks a, a, a bad guy off of something and then jumps off so that some other people don't catch him and like uses the suction cup to grab onto a floating orb I'm pretty sure I would vomit everywhere, but this looks incredibly neat. Um, Actually, looking at some of this stuff, I've seen things about it along on, on maybe like on Reddit, maybe I've seen something on Steam about this before. This makes me want, even though I'm worried about throwing up everywhere, this makes me want to get a VR headset like tomorrow and try it out. So... It looks interesting.
1: Well, I got something interesting. Combat. Okay. I'm sorry, Command. Modern Operations. This is a hardcore military sim where you are in command of uh, pretty much any military you want. And it has a ton of DLC on it as well. Where you're able to reenact battles from World War II... Onwards, or just yeah, throw armies at one another. It seems with uh, primary tactical and opera uh, the scale is primarily tactical and operational, although strategic scale operations are also possible. So it's essentially what if and throw armies at one another, as far as I can tell. And it has a hundred and thirty dollars uh, of uh, DLC already. Dang. I mean, this looks like it's quickly becoming Train Simulator-esque levels, and the game itself is already 80 bucks. I mean, whew. I mean, it's probably worth it for people that are hardcore into military strategy and wanting to toy around with that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, But it's just uh, too rich for my blood, but
0: interesting, so that's why I'm putting it on there. Yeah, eighty bucks default. One hundred and twelve. I kind of want this. <laughs> like I'm I said, not gonna it, buy it right now.
1: Like I said, it it's, just it's yeah, it's 14, one of those yeah. uh, oddball things that pop up. That yeah, it's kind of neat. So yeah, got yeah. yeah, one
0: more. No, my queue's done.
1: I'm on my last game. Molecule c- sinks. This is a Zachtronics game, so that either sold you or scared you away right there. Use the molecule sinks uh, to create small molecules with various pharmaceutical effects from uh, the comfort of your small Romanian apartment. So this is kind of mixing uh, Magnus Opum with... Uh, uh, now I'm blanking on the damn name of it. But thankfully, this is a Zachtronics game, and it's also a Zachtronics game. Uh, a space Kim. I knew it was Kim, but I was blanking on sp- Space Kim. So it's essentially combining a couple of his previous games, and this came out just a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, that is definitely interesting. And also going to be hard as hell to play. <laughs> but at worst... You can always just play the solitaire game, it looks like.
0: <laughs> Indeed.
1: But hey, go make drugs, right? From the comfort of your apartment. Yeah! Your Romanian apartment. I wonder if there's going to be an overarching story uh, like uh, Magnus Hopin had. But anyway, that is my cue done. I had some interesting pulls and some odd pulls. You had porn
0: but... uh, (laughs) I did have porn. But
1: but at least the machine uh, learning has learned your tastes.
0: I actually had, like, three porn games, but one of them was, like, one of those really terrible, like, tile puzzle anime porn games. And then the other one was just a kind of a standard visual novel breasts exposed for your pleasure sort of deals. But this one, the one that I mentioned, (coughs) was intense. So, I, I I had to bring it up, uh, and it caused a tent. Indeed, to be pitched. Ay. But with both of our cues done, that means hey, Rage, hit him with the socials.
1: Well, I've been caffeine Rage. You can find me on YouTube, Gaming with Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, Gaming with CR. And if you wish to be my friend on Steam, you can do so over there. Caffeine Rage as well. And you've been?
0: Gaming Psychologist. You can find me over on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist. On Twitter at JMA4707. And on Steam by sending a friend request to JR34707.
1: And the password for this week, if you wish to know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, is Reaching. Ah. Because I'm reaching for a word this week. <laughs>
0: oh yeah.
1: But as always, once again, you could uh, contact us at VGLPodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or just tweet them to us, VGO Podcast on the Twitter. And that does include your homework as well. Uh, our lovely, lovely patrons have made this madness absolutely possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Podcast which our patrons have also made our Podbean account. Well, I paid for. <laughs> uh, which hosts the RSS feed, the show notes, links to all our stuff. And you can find that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcatcher of choice. Our intro and outro music is on the ground and our Discovery cue music is doobly due. Doo both of which are by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work over at Incomputech.com and...
0: As always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice, buh-bye now.
1: See you next time. Bye bye